Money FM 89.3, the best of Saturday mornings. Wide World on Money FM 89.3. But joining us now to talk about Coldplay, Taylor Swift, all this interesting stuff, Dr. Rosemary Overell, a senior lecturer in communication and new media at the National University of Singapore. Rosie, good morning. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Oh, you bet. Hey, how could we not? Look, this is all everybody's been talking about this week, and uh, you you were on with some of our friends at uh, the Straits Times uh, earlier this week, and I saw your interview, and I said, you need to come on the show this morning. What do you make of the six concerts for Coldplay, a couple for Taylor Swift? We're, we're, we're in new territory here in Singapore, concert-wise. What do you think? Well, I mean, I have to agree with a bit of the chat that you were having before I went on air that it's almost as if there's never been a big pop star come to Singapore before, (laughs) the way people are behaving. Of course, Singapore has always been a a hub for the sort of Asian tour uh, market for major bands. But the way this event is hyped, I think, is particularly capitalising on things like uh, social media hype, Mm. And also, I think, a post-COVID desire to get back and see uh, these big arena uh, concerts as well. Mm. We already had Red Hot Chili Peppers, of course, uh, earlier this year. We've had a, we've had a number of other oh, big acts. acts, Guns and Roses, yeah, Guns and Roses came through. Yeah, I went pandemic. to Gunners. That was great. Yeah, we've 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 had a lot already, but this one, well, especially Coldplay, just really uh, set kind of a new. Mark, what do you think it is? Now, Neil, Neil's comments notwithstanding about how he, much he loves the band and will probably be at every show, <laughs> each of the sixth. Um, but uh, what, do you, what do you make of it? Why, why is Coldplay making this draw at this time? Any thoughts on that? Well, I have to say I'm a bit with Neil on this one. They're kind of the last gasp <laughs> of what we call Cool Britannia. We sort of... The Brit, uh, second Brit invasion in the late 90s and 2000s. Okay. But, of course, they do have... But that actually gives them a lot of cultural capital, particularly with my generation of geriatric millennials, <laughs> as a kind of... We have to remember that it's in the late 90s and 2000s, Coldplay were kind of marketed as an indie guitar band. And I think their side act is Travis, which was a similarly marketed band at the time. Mm-hmm. So they've got that audience that's tapping into, who probably have quite a bit of disposable income to spend hundreds on a concert. But because they've also um, continually marketed themselves to new uh, markets, they've also tapped into, say, uh, K-pop fans. They did tie-ins with uh, K-pop artists and also electronic and move more into an electronic act as well. Hmm. On that point, there's something else going on here, though, isn't there? Because Singapore, this is not a, a coincidence. Singapore has willfully tried to set itself up as an events and entertainment capital in Asia. Going back to the early 2000s, you often see collaborations between artists like Charlie Puth, the American singer who came through a couple of years ago with the Singapore Tourism Board. Uh, Some Hong Kong rappers have done that. So this is a conscious effort on the part of the Singapore government and the Singapore Tourism Board to set themselves up as the go-to hub for international artists. Yeah, become also branding for the Singapore government who have, um, at least through the Straits Times and things, declared this is evidence of Singapore's cultural capital, literally as a cultural capital, as a hub for um, the Southeast Asian region. Um, so it's a, 
definitely working to build Singapore's soft power in the region and a, a point of pride. You know, it's the only stop uh, apart from Tokyo on the Asia uh, tour list. And also I see um, the minister, Minister Chan, has also kind of tried to leverage it in his branding too with mm. this competition about have, if Taylor Swift can do a free concert at a primary school, he'll give the students the day off. So it's, it's doing double work. <laughs> We're getting a commercial sort of value that goes to Sports Hub, but also the government um, can leverage it to sort of build their uh, hipness with uh, perhaps a new set of voters. You know, it's funny. I think that's what they call an all of government effort here. Uh, we saw it with COVID and, and whatever else. Everybody kind of gets in on it, uh, which great. At the end of the day, the students are going to win, I guess, if they do get a free concert. So that's that's just fine. Uh, Rosie, when we look at this um, connectivity between generations, specifically um, uh, Coldplay, Taylor Swift, I mean, everybody from baby boomers all the way to Gen Alpha or at least Gen Z are are getting in on this how how is that um how, how how do you see that as somebody who watches media and watches uh the uh, the unbelievable breadth of fans that might be uh going not only to coldplay but also to taylor swift as well quite honestly yeah i mean i think um it's important to remember that pop music is um key for bringing people together as fans they feel real community and belonging say going to especially going to a live um, concert singing along um, you know with uh, uh, perhaps also with socials they're also uploading and live streaming things as well but of course pop music is an industry I mean it's an industry like uh, cinema or like fashion or food or any other industry so the main thing that underpins um, these concerts and um I can, you can bet your bottom dollar that Sports Hub wouldn't have released extra shows if they couldn't bank on filling those seats. Yeah. So, and and what, sorry, one question on one, one question on that too, uh, since since it came up, and that that was, you know, when they say sold out, they don't necessarily mean sold out, right? And in the past, um, you know, some of the concerts we've gone to, for example, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, they said, oh, it's sold out, and you and when you're in the stadium, we're looking around, and that is not a sold out stadium. So is there a little bit of fudging here to try to maybe get, you know, amp up the, the excitement when they, when these guys say things are sold out when maybe they're not. But sometimes it's corporates, corporates who don't show up. They have a number of allocated corporates. This happens at sports events as well. Yeah. But I think Uh, the official terminology when it comes to ticket sales is sold out means you're at 85% or something like that. Mm. Is there is there anything to read into that with some of these shows that we see in Singapore, Rosie, from, from your experience? Well, yeah, I agree. When I went to Guns N' Roses, the stadium wasn't full. Certainly. Not nearly. And, yeah, we were there too. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I agree. There is uh, that element, but sports have a keen on building an idea of scarcity. So this leverages another millennial concept of FOMO, mm. fear of missing out, right. which again drives a lot of uh, consumer culture, including buying concert tickets, the sense that I've got to get in on it. Um, it's sold out. They might not tour again, especially with Coldplay, who might be a more heritage act. Mm-hmm. But this idea that, um, you know, they're sold out shows. If I don't get in quick, um, you know, I'm going to miss out on something that everybody's talking about, as you both mentioned. It's yeah. all that's 
everyone's talking about this week. Yeah. We're talking to Dr. Rosemary Overell, a lecturer at NUS in communications and new media. I want to focus on the new media part because there's been one fascinating, almost geopolitical element to this. There's been some social media anger on the inside of Singapore saying, why are we selling so many tickets to foreigners? Because we're trying to attract Many outsiders to come in as we become a regional hub for these events. But there's also been anger outside of Singapore, in Malaysia. Not blaming Singapore, but saying, why are we only doing one gig and they're doing six? (laughs) What does this say about our infrastructure, our tourism initiatives, our hospitality, and so on and so on? So this geopolitical element is equally fascinating, Rosie. Oh, I agree. I mean, of course, there's always going to be regional sort of sparring back and forth. I'm Australian and New Zealanders, you know, we spar back and forth around these things. In fact, New Zealanders said they're not going to have Taylor Swift. But I think that what it shows is, um, I, I mean, I wouldn't want to speculate too much, but I would say that um, there would have been a busy process for uh, which countries would, you know, produce the most profit for those artists and Singapore has won that uh, bid. Again, I don't have proof of that, but that's generally how these into sort of more latent um, elements on social media which might fall into some uh, jingoism a bit about uh, Singapore being, um, you know, the more sort of superior place uh, within uh, the region. But certainly also see people pushing back saying, well, this means only very wealthy Southeast Asian Swifties can can afford to come yeah, to Singapore. That is the issue. Um, is an issue. I mean, on top of the tickets, imagine also paying for the flight, the accommodation, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, finally, Rosie, just one last question. In the uh, in the Business Times weekend edition, there is a, a, a section of, of, of quite a long story on scalpers and, you know, Singapore government's trying to cut down on that. Have you looked at, at that idea? I would imagine more than a few of the tickets that have been sold in the last week uh, for Taylor Swift or Coldplay were purchased by agencies Absolutely. or individuals looking to say, hey, I'm going to grab these now and I'm going to sell them for inflated prices later on on carousel or whatever. Um, have you been looking at that and what, what's present for you when it comes to, to those issues? Well, just anecdotally, I know um, of people who are on carousel trying to get tickets haven't been successful. This is the cold place. Um, but I guess, I mean, scalping has always been part of the shadow economy of concerts. If we cast our mind back again to the 90s, you had people scalping uh, tickets um, often at the event, within the, re- within the nearby the arena. You know, you'd go along sure. and be selling things. Anybody need so to? Guess, Anybody need to? <laughs> exactly. So yeah. boot and bootleg T-shirts and things like that. So yeah. this has always been part of the, I guess, auxiliary economy of live concerts. But, of course, with new media and the mm. internet, it's perhaps intensified. Mm. Um, but, of course, I mean, on uh, officially, Carousel wouldn't be, um, you know, aligning itself with pirates, uh, with illegal activity. But it's hard to control these things, for sure. Yeah. Rosemary, we're going to leave it there for now. Uh, but a pleasure to talk with you. We've been speaking with Dr. Rosemary Overell, the Senior Lecturer in Communication and New Media at the National University of Singapore. Uh, let's get you back on this fall as we get more groups coming in and, and more controversy around this, Rosie. Bring on Beyonce. She's the one. She's the one everybody wants. There we go. Thanks, Rosie. Have have a great weekend. Bye. All right. Bye-bye.
To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.